You may be seated in his presence this morning. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for doing such a wonderful job of leading us this morning. And they do a wonderful job all the time. But I just felt like, you know, this morning was particularly good. I want to welcome you here to Found Life Church. Um, I cannot, I've been so excited to get here this morning. I told somebody this morning, I haven't, it feels like I haven't preached all year, so I'm just ready to get going. You know, this is my first Sunday, and and I'm excited about it. I want to welcome you. Uh, If you've never been here before, we say thank you for being here with us. My name is Pastor Dustin. I'm the lead pastor here at Found Life Church, and we just want to say thank you for being with us this morning. So I'm excited to kick off a, a new year. Before we do that, I just want to get some, uh, a couple of things, little housekeeping issues, if that's okay, just a couple of uh, quick announcements. Uh, man, we have been so blessed recently in, uh, with our daycare. And how many of you know that we have a daycare here? We have a preschool that God has blessed us with, a ministry that uh, it truly is a ministry. The, the teachers there and the director and everybody, they pray with the students, they, they teach them biblical principles, and it's an awesome ministry that we have. And God is really Really just blessed it. God has blessed uh, the fruit of their labor and what we've done and, and how we've uh, come together. And in that, we are going to be expanding here coming up in January. We are expanding from uh, the building out there into the, the church building. And with expansion, we have new students uh, that are signing up all the time. Uh, we have opportunities. We don't have enough teachers to, uh, to teach these wonderful students. And so if you or someone that you know is, is looking for somewhere to, to minister and, and to you know, minister while also receiving a paycheck, uh, which is great, right? That's, that's wonderful. I think so. Um, you know, then uh, please let us know. We want to get you in touch with our daycare director, Miss Victoria, and uh, get, get you involved in, in our ministry there. And so I just thank you. Um, we have small groups uh, sign up, small group leaders sign up starting today. See somebody at the Connect table and then we also have our found life next our first uh, first step in found life next if you want to know more about found life if you want to get involved if you want to find out what your next step is well it's found life next you can find out everything you need to know and it meets directly after service uh, out the doors to my right down the hallway and we have a classroom there and uh, my beautiful lovely wonderful talented smart wife uh, miss Jessica will be teaching and leading that uh, class, I think, right? Yes, I got that correct. So gold star for me uh, this morning. And so we encourage you to be a part of that. So uh, enough with the housekeeping. Are you ready for God's word this morning? We'll take it. Are you ready for God's word this morning? Amen. Amen. Uh, such a, a, a wonderful new year. We got this winter now, and so, uh, but it is not winter on this stage. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to take this jacket off because I planned poorly. Um, is that all right? I'm going to do it anyway. So, all right. We want to talk this year. You know, we go into every new year, and it seems like it's the same thing. I know for me, the, the commercials are the same every single year, and everybody wants me to lose more weight, and everybody wants me to start doing this and doing that, and, and, and this is going to be our year. Do I got any of those people in here that, man, this is every year is your year, man? Like, okay, I didn't get it last year, but this year, and I'm excited for it. And I'm one of those people. I'm kind of an optimist. I believe that, man, this is going to be uh, an exciting new year, and, and it's going to be good. But there are others of us that kind of, there are other people that kind of go into the new year maybe a little bit apprehensive. Maybe things didn't go as well last year, and you're thinking, man, uh, if it's anything like last year, Lord, just put me out of my misery, just old yeller style. Just uh, do something, God. Just take me home, Lord. I don't want to be here anymore. And we go into this new year. We just want to run and hide, and, and we've got this trepidation. But 
either way, we, we kind of walk into the new year in this kind of darkness, right? Unless uh, there's something I don't know. You walk in, everybody walks in the same way, and there's this like darkness that you really don't know what's going to happen. You really don't know what's, uh, what's beyond uh, this moment, what's beyond today, what's going to happen next week, what God's going to do in your life. I mean, you went into 2019, and I'm sure there's so many things that happened in 2019 that you could have never predicted or expected as 2019 began. I mean, of course, you knew some things, but there were other things that just hit you kind of out of nowhere. And so we all go through this, uh, this time of darkness and, and we walk into this darkness into the new year together and it reminds me of uh really when I was a kid and uh I, some of you can relate to this but I remember being a kid and whenever there was times when I would have to get up in the middle of the night do you remember that when like you know maybe you drank a little bit too chalk too much chocolate milk before bedtime Anybody? And, and it, you had to get up in the middle of the night. And we had this long hallway. And, and man, you would have to, I, I would get up in the middle of the night and it was pitch black in our house. Like I, I believe, like in my mind remembering it, we did not have windows in our house. Like there was no such thing. Like there was just no light. It was completely dark. And I would have to walk down this hallway to the bathroom. And I remember going down the hallway and you, have, you guys do this, like you go down the hallway like this. Like you're waiting, like you don't know, it's pitch black, you don't know what's out there, and, and there's not really anything, I mean, it's just a hallway, but in your mind, you are prepared to fight whatever ninja force is about to attack you, right? Like you're just, you're ready to go, and I remember I would, I would go through life like that, and for me it was even worse, because I grew up in, in this like Pentecostal evangelical church that like, you know, we, there was like, it was kind of charismatic, and so they would see like demons and stuff around every corner, and so for me as a kid, like I would be like, oh, there's a demon in the corner right there. Like, I'm gonna, like, this is how I was walking down the hallway, and I'm just fighting my way through the, and, and I still do that sometimes, right, Jess? No. <laughs> and, and, but that's how we would, I would go through, and it was just the most scary thing is I would go through this hallway fighting and kicking and, and just trying to make sure and just scared with every step that I took that, that something was going to jump out at me. Now, ultimately, there was nothing to be afraid of. There was nothing there. There was nothing that was going to harm me. There was no problems. There was no ninjas. There was nothing. But for me, it was what I couldn't see that scared me the most. It's what I didn't know was out there that put fear into me. And I think as we become adults, yeah, we don't walk down the hallway kicking and fighting and punching uh, secret you know, ninja zombie hordes. But we do, we do walk through life like that sometimes, right? We walk through life, and as we walk through life, we, we kind of have this fear and trepidation like, oh, God, I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how am I going to survive. And, and, and whether we go in excited or we go in fearful, it, it's really either way we walk into this unknown. And, and, and maybe we've had things in the past where we were just too afraid to, to step out because we didn't know. We couldn't see what was ahead, you know, new job or a new business venture or maybe a expanding our business and, and we don't know we don't know what's going to happen we don't know if this is going to be a success and so we kind of hide or we kind of we, we we're scared or fearful or maybe it's uh for those who are, are dating and, and in that mode you're you're looking at new relationships and you start dating somebody and it's like man I don't I don't know is this person going to hurt me is I, I'm fearful of what I can't see that's going to happen down the road or even friendships when you meet somebody and you uh, begin to you know, become friends with someone, you think you kind of keep them at, at arm's length because I don't know what they're going to do to me. 
I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, are they going to leave me? Are they going to talk bad about me? Are they going uh, to abuse this friendship? Are they going to take advantage of me? And so we, we kind of go into life with this fear and trepidation. Maybe for some of you, it's even, you're here this morning, you're looking for a new church, and, and you have that same kind of fear and anxiety walking into this building this morning, and you're like, I don't, I don't know, I've been burned by church before, and, and I've had you know, church people, they've, they've said some of the worst things to me, and so now I'm just kind of fearful walking into the unknown again. Well, if that's you this morning, if that's something that you deal with, you're not alone. In fact, majority of people deal with this fear of the unknown. In fact, uh, if you look it up, it is called xenophobia. It is the fear of the unknown. And, and I read an article this week that uh, really called xenophobia the fundamental fear. That is kind of the fear that is the root of all other fears. Like if you are afraid of snakes, anybody? Yeah, we got a couple snake people out there, and or afraid of spiders, um, you know. Which, if God help us, if a spider comes through here right now, my wife is going to make me come down off of this platform and crush that spider, and you know, and and that's a real fear. But really, I think we're we're not as much afraid of the snake or the spider as we're afraid of the unknown of what they will do to us. And so, the, everything that we are afraid of, it's really at the root of it is this fundamental fear of the unknown. And that's what it is. It's this fear of the unknown. We're not really afraid so much of, of what it is, but we're afraid of what it might do. And we don't know. We can't control it. We can't control what it's going to do. And so we walk through life with this xenophobia, this fear of the unknown. And it begins to, it begins to undermine our confidence. It begins to shape our decisions, whether or not we, we do something or don't do something, whether or not we take the new job, whether or not we expand the business, whether or not we go out on a, a first date or, or we go out and hang out with a friend group or go to a new church. It begins to shape these decisions based on what we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. It can become hard to overcome. And it's almost impossible if you're not a believer, in fact, I don't know if you, if you are not a believer, how you go through life without this completely taking uh, a hold of you. And for many, they don't. In fact, uh, it's very few people who have that true entrepreneurial spirit that are able to look at something and say, I see what others don't see and, and I can make this happen. Or I'm willing to, to take this leap of faith. Most people live within what, what is safe. Most people live within the confines of what they can see in that, that small little bubble of, of visibility that's around. You and that's what we see. And if you're a believer, here's the, the difficulty for us as believers this fear can create hypocrisy in us. Because, see, we're called a people of faith. We are called, a, we call ourselves a people in faith. And here's where the tension is is we're a people of faith, this tension between faith and the unknown. This tension between I'm a person of faith, but I can't see what's going to happen. What I see versus what is unseen. See, have you ever not done something? Have you ever not done something that God's asked you to do, whether it's God asked you to do or different, what God's called you to do or what you felt in your spirit you should do? Have you ever not done something simply because you were afraid of what might happen? How many opportunities have we lost? How many uh, opportunities have been lost in ministry? And how many opportunities in blessing? And how many opportunities for success in our lives have we missed out on simply because of fear? Simply because we were afraid of the unknown. Simply because we couldn't get past what we could not see. 
See, for some, God has called you to, to start a business. Some has, God has called you to expand your business, maybe. Because God sees and he wants to use you as a business that blesses ministry. He wants to expand your capabilities so that you can give back, so that you could do things, so that you could provide jobs for people. See, God sees what's possible and he sees how he can use you in ministry. But see, we look at this and we can't see what's going to happen. And so we say, God, yeah, I, I, I don't see how it's possible. I don't see how this expansion is going to work. I don't, I don't want to risk what I have. For some of you, maybe God has called you to be a small group leader or a ministry leader here at the church. But you're too afraid. And, and, and maybe you've, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I praised myself out of a voice already today. So you guys are going to have to bear with me. Amen. Thank you for being so patient with me. But maybe God has called you to be a small group leader. And, and, or, or to lead a ministry, and, and you know that God has put that on your heart. God has put that burden on your heart. In fact, you, it, it kills you that you really, really, really want to do it, but you're afraid of what might happen. You're afraid. <clears throat> you're afraid, but God, what if I don't have the answers? What if nobody shows up? What if they ask me a question, and, and, and I, don't, I don't know what to say? What if, people, what if they hurt me, God? What if, what if they say something about me? What if they don't like me? What if, what if I fail, God? What if I'm a bad small group leader? What if I'm a, a ministry leader? Or maybe, maybe it's even simpler than that. Maybe God has just simply called you to, to invite someone to church. Maybe God has spoke to you about that person at work and, and sharing your faith with them and, and inviting them to come and be part of a life-giving church that, that wants to care for them and, and show them the hope of Jesus Christ that you have, and yet you've been too afraid. God, what will they say? What will they say? Will they look at me weird? Will they get mad? Will they get offended? Will I get in trouble at work? What, what will happen? But we've been too afraid. We've lived in fear of what might happen, not knowing whether it will happen or not. We live in this fear of the unknown and on and on and on. And see, the problem is this. We, not, we cannot, as a people of faith, as a community of faith, we cannot claim to have faith without the willingness to demonstrate it. Think about that for a second. We cannot claim to have faith without the willingness to demonstrate it. If we claim to be a people of faith, we have to demonstrate it. To not do that would be akin to trying to rob a convenience store with your gun in your pocket, right? Not your gun, your finger gun. Not the <laughs> a gun in your pocket would work probably. But trying to rob with only having your fingers stuck in your pocket, right? You've seen the movie where, you know, the movies where they, they try to rob somebody and they're like, you know, I got my, my finger in my pocket. You know, you know, well, show me your gun. No, 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 I don't have to show you my gun. You know, it's, it's there. You know it's there. You know, you know, and it's the same thing, right? If we call ourselves up, we can't fake this, right? If we call ourselves a people of faith, we have to demonstrate our faith. There's going to be moments where we have to demonstrate our faith. And this is the tension that we have. This is the tension that, that builds in throughout the years is that we want God to show us first. 
We want God to, okay, God, if you'll show me the path, if you'll show me what's going to happen, if you'll show me how I'll be a success, if you'll show me, God, that they're going to be okay and that if I share this with this person, it's going to be a good thing and, and they're going to come to church with me and they're not going to cuss me out and, and I'm not going to get in trouble at work. If you'll show me that everything's going to be okay, if you'll give me this spiritual crystal ball to see that everything ahead of me is going to be just fine and the path is going to be straight and all that, then I'll do what you ask me to do. But it doesn't work like that. See, we want God to, to show us exactly what we want to see. But God is saying, no, 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 it, it doesn't work like that. And so year after year, we retreat to what is safe, having never experienced all that God has for our lives. See, we year after year, there are things that God has called us to. There are opportunities for ministry that God wants to use you. There are people in your life that God wants to use you to bring them to, to joy and hope and happiness in Jesus Christ. God wants to use you to speak life. And there are opportunities that we miss year after year after year because of what? Because of fear. Because we're afraid. And so how many opportunities do we lose because of fear? And see, the problem is this. God's design was never for us to live in the known. Think about that for a second. God's design was never for us to live in the known. God's design was never for us to live in, in what we can see. God's design was never, it was never for, never wanted us to be able to, to see and everything to be illuminated. It's not till we get into heaven that, that everything becomes known, that everything becomes illuminated. Said so on this earth, he said, you're not going to know everything that's going to happen. But that doesn't mean that you have to walk in fear. That doesn't mean that you have to walk in a way that you're scared. That doesn't mean that you have to fear what's coming. You don't have to fear 2020. You don't have to fear what's going to happen in 2021 or 22 or beyond. As long as God allows you to be on this earth, you don't have to walk in fear. In fact, in Hebrews 11 and 1 it says, now faith, the writer says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of things not seen. We are not supposed to see. Those who are people of faith, those who walk in faith, are not supposed to see everything. And then in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, if you'll turn there, we're going to spend some time in 2 Corinthians. We're going to spend some time looking at this letter that Paul has, has written and it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by... Okay, you guys got it. We walk by faith, not by... This, uh, this side's getting a little bit better. We walk by faith, not by... Come on now, we gotta... I've told you before, this is crowd participation time. You guys gotta get with me here. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is our engine. We walk by. Faith is our engine. Faith is our motivation. When we can't see, faith is that thing that keeps us going, not by sight. Notice that he didn't say, we walk by our checkbook. We walk by what we have in our bank account. So many times, how many times do we make that mistake that we walk by, we make decisions by, we decide whether or not we can pay our tithes, we can give in our offerings based on what we see in our checkbook. Can I do this, God? God's calling you to step out and expand this business, but we look to our bank account to see if we can do it, not to God. How many times, you notice it doesn't say we, we walk by our education, 
But God, I, I've never been to seminary. I don't know how to do that. I can't be a small group leader. I've never studied theology, God, and, and I've barely read the Bible all the way through. I don't even know how to, I don't know what I'm talking about. But notice he didn't say, you walk by your education. He didn't say you walk by your degrees. You, didn't, you don't walk by your doctorate, right? Praise God, because I don't got that kind of time in my life. That was a joke. You can laugh at me. It's okay. Um, listen, lighten up, people. It's all right. It's, it's going to be a long day if we don't. Um, we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't walk by our talents. But God, I don't know if I can do that. And you've never gifted me to do that. I'm talented to do that. I can't do it. And all these people, they have all these other talents and they can play and they can sing and they can do all this stuff. And I can't do anything. God said, listen, I don't need you to walk by your talents. I don't need you to walk by those things that you think are important. I need you to walk by faith in me. If I've called you to it, I'll get you through it. Don't worry about it. If I've called you to it, I'll get you through it. And so we walk by faith not by sight. We were designed for a dependence on him. We were designed dependent on him. This is for a purpose. When we say, God, I, I don't like this. I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. I don't like not being able to see the future, not being able to see what's going in front of me. I don't like not seeing how this is all going to work out. And it's because he doesn't want you to rely on what you can see. He doesn't want you to rely on those things that you think you understand what's going to happen. He wants you to rely on him, looking at him first, looking at him for the answers. Amen. So there's always going to be this complete trust in him, not trusting in ourselves. He did this in order to ensure a partnership. See, God wants to partner with us. He wants to partner with you in your life. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be right there with you. He wants to partner in every single business adventure. He wants to partner in every single ministry decision, uh, in every single walk, every single uh, time you're talking with your spouse, talking with your kids, when you're having struggles and problems parenting, and God knows we do. He wants to be right there with you. He wants you to know you are not alone in this fight. You are not alone when you're fighting with your teenager. He is right there with you. Amen? Maybe that's just me just getting working some stuff out. You're not alone when your toddler is screaming and you don't understand why are you screaming. There is no reason to be screaming. And they're just screaming. You're not alone. He wants you to know and trust and be dependent on him and know that, yes, you are not sufficient. He made you to where there is an inherent dependence on him so that you have to have him to make it through. And he will call you to things that are bigger than you so that only through dependence on him could you ever achieve it. Think about that for a second. When God calls you to something, God speaks to you, and God says, listen, I want you to go and lead this group, or I want you to expand your business, I want you to, to, to do this, I want you to go into ministry. Maybe for some of you, I want, to go, I want you to go into pulpit ministry and pastoring, and I remember uh, when God called me to that, and I laughed very heartily and, and said, God, but uh, you know me. And he said, yeah, I know you, but I also know me, and so it'll be mo so much greater when they see you doing it because they know that there's no way that you could do this on your own, and I'll get all the glory. I said, okay, I'm your guy then. <laughs> you can do a whole lot through me. And God says, listen, I want to call you to something greater so that you have a greater dependence on me in your life. 
Fear has never been God's plan. But see, when we walk by anything other than him, when we walk by anything other than faith, when we walk by what we see in our bank account, when we walk by our education, when we walk by our talents, when we walk by what others say about us, when we walk by our likes and dislikes on Facebook, when we, like, when we, when we walk by uh, how many people give us a thumbs up to our vacation pictures, you got real quiet there. When we walk by what somebody says about us at work, when we walk by when some, every invitation that somebody doesn't give us, when we walk by those insecurities, what are we walking in? We're not walking in faith anymore. Now we're walking in fear. Because now we're subject to the whims and the wills of everything that everybody around us says. Things that change, nothing that's constant. So yeah, I would be pretty afraid too. If I walked by those things, if I walked by uh, the economy, then I would be really afraid. How many of you that have, you know, you, you went through the, the 2008 and the recession and everything, you know what it's like. You know that at any moment, man, that thing can go up, it can go down, it can go sideways, it can just all blow up, right? And so no wonder people walk in such fear. No wonder people are scared. No wonder people, because they walk in fear, because they walk in the wrong things. They walk in their dependences, is trusting in the wrong things. And so it doesn't mean that we see any better it just means that now we're walking in fear. And see, God never planned it for us to be, he never planned us to walk in what was seen, but he never planned us to walk in fear. In fact, in 2 Timothy 1, 7, he said, for, we, for God has not given us a spirit of, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace and of love and of sound mind. He's not giving you a spirit of fear. He doesn't want you to be afraid. He's not hiding things from you so that you'll walk with this kind of trepidation and, oh, God, I don't know what's coming around the corner. He doesn't want you to walk through life like the little clown box that you turn the handle, right, and just like, you know, scared of whatever is going to pop out in your life. Oh, God, don't let this happen. Oh, God, don't let a new company buy my company. I don't know what would happen. Well, it could be the greatest thing to ever happen. You could get benefits. You could get a higher pay raise. It could be uh, they could bring greater work, uh, workers' comp and, and benefits to your life that would be awesome. But you're so afraid of what's going to happen that you, wanna, you don't want to participate in it. God, don't let this happen. Don't let me walk through this. God, don't let me get involved in church because I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to pop out at me? And so we, God has not given us that spirit of fear. So things we need to know this morning, if you have your notes, here's where we would take a few notes. Things that we need to know this year to walk without fear. See, I believe that God is calling us to walk without fear. And I believe that 2020 can be the greatest year of your life. And that's not just preacher speak. I believe it wholeheartedly. In fact, so much so that I have entitled this series, My No Fear Year, because I am committed this year. I am not going to walk in fear of what God has for me. In fact, I am going to embrace every challenge, every difficulty, everything that God has for my life, everything that he calls me to do. I am going to embrace it wholeheartedly without fear. How many can join with me this year and say, this is my no fear year? Yeah. Amen. Turn it. In fact, you know what? Turn to your neighbor just as a matter of uh, confidence and say, turn to your neighbor there and say, this is my no fear year. Say it with a little bit of gusto. Turn to your other neighbor, the one you don't like as much, and say, this is my no fear year. I'm not going to be scared anymore. And so how do we walk without fear? How do we walk with no fear this year? Well, a couple of things we need to know. Number one, God has prepared us. God has prepared us. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 4 and 5, 
He says this, Paul says this in writing to the Corinthians. He says, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. In verse 5, God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Now, in this letter, Paul is writing to the Corinthians. This is a group of people who are very affluent. They live in a very affluent society. It's a bustling uh, marketplace, great economy. Things are going well. But they are very subject to false teachings. And so Paul is using this letter as a way to kind of ground them, kind of center them, get them back to to what they uh, are supposed to be. And so he's using a lot of uh, time here to make sure that they have sound, fundamental teaching and so in this though he understands that they're also just like this and they would they would prefer to live in what is seen they would prefer to live in what they you know you've got business people in there you've got uh, executives you got uh, all, all sorts of types of people and and they would prefer to live in what they can predict in the future but he's he's reminding them that hey listen uh, while you're on this earth in these earthly bodies, we know that you would like to shed that, that unseen ability. And we know that you would like to, to go to that heavenly vision and be able to see everything. But it's not going to happen. But don't worry about it. In verse 5, he says, God has prepared us. God has prepared us to live this life. God has prepared you to live this life. No matter how inadequate you think you might be, no matter how uneducated, no matter, no matter how untalented, whatever you think, God has prepared us to live this life. Well, how does he prepare us? Now, we see in verse 4, it says we groan and we sigh. We don't always like how God prepared us, right? It's not always fun. It's not always easy. Sometimes I'm like, God, you know, I want you to remember as you are bringing on these tests and you want to test me in things, I just want to remind you, I was not an A student, you know, let's, let's curve this thing, let's keep it, you know, let's keep it down to the level that I can handle because it's not always easy. And he says, we groan and we sigh because there's some things that are painful for us, but in the way that he prepares us is he prepares us like anything else. He prepares us through trials. He prepares us through those things that we go through that we don't understand always. We don't understand why do I go through these things? Why do I have to go through this trial? Why do I have to go through this difficult circumstance? Why do I have to deal with my family like this? Well, maybe it's because he wants to use you in a a couple of months. He wants to use you to minister to somebody who has a difficult relationship with their mother, and he wants to see you through it so that you can help them through it. See, we don't even like, we don't always like our trials. We don't, we don't like these afflictions, but yet God has prepared us through these trials. In fact, in 2 Corinthians, if we back up, if we go to, to chapter 4, we'll get a little bit better understanding of this as Paul is, is speaking, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 9, and then 13 through 15, he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles. Some of you feel that way. But we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we get up again. You're never gonna, no, sorry. All you 90s kids, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But we are not destroyed. Verse 13, but we continue. We continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself with, together with you. All of this is for your benefit 
And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. See, we, we are prepared through this tension of affliction and grace, trial and triumph. We are prepared through this tension in life that as we go through things, there is sufficient grace to cover our need. And so Paul goes back and forth. There's affliction, then there's grace. There's affliction, then there's grace. We are pressed, but not crushed. We are persecuted, but we have not been abandoned. We've been knocked down. I've been knocked down a couple times, but I am not destroyed. How many of you this morning can testify that I've been pressed, but I've not been crushed? I've been tested, but, but I'm all right. I've been knocked down, but I've not been destroyed. The enemy tried to get me, but there's been grace has been sufficient every single time. And so Paul is going back and forth between these two tensions. See, we're looking at our past through the wrong lens. See, the enemy will come to you and say, hey, I can't believe that God did this to you. Why would he put you through that? Why would he lead you to this place? And then you go through these trials and these struggles. Why would he do that? He's supposed to be a good God. He's supposed to be a loving God. In fact, the preacher said he loved you. He'd give you hope, joy, all these good things. And all I've gotten so far is just trouble. Yeah, you've gotten trouble, but you've gotten a whole lot more grace than you ever had before in your life. See, you got through it. See, 2019 might have been a terrible year. There might have been some bad things happen, but you're still here. God's grace was sufficient for you. But see, now you have the ability to stand upon the foundation of grace that when the enemy comes against you, you can say, no, 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 I was knocked down, but I'm not destroyed. You can't kill me. See, what you meant for dead, God has raised me to life. And see, when God puts people in your life that he's called you to share your faith, your faith can be genuine because your faith now is founded in reality. You can say, I've been there. There's something powerful about, powerful about I've been there, amen? So you can't tell me what I'm going through unless you've gone through some stuff. See, I just have a hard time believing people that haven't gone through anything. I have a hard time if, you know, my 11-year-old daughter, if, if she comes home and starts trying to tell me about her trials and tribulations of life. I'm like, girl, come on, you don't know what you're talking about. You, you know what, you've got everything you ever want and the protection of your family and you don't ever have to worry about bills, man. Come on, get out of my face. You don't know what trials are. Parents, you know what I'm saying. You understand that, that trouble right there. See, I want to know from somebody who's gone through some things, who's come out of it, who's, who's gone through some afflictions, and now grace. And, and Paul was saying, no, uh, God wasn't trying to hurt me. God was preparing me. God was making me ready. God was making me stronger. God was building me up. See, everything that I went through, I'm still here. All of my health problems, I'm still alive. All of these things that the enemy meant for, for my destruction, God has meant them for my good. See, for some of you, maybe you had a rough year in your marriage and, and you fought all year, but yet it's not over. You still have an opportunity and God's saying there is still grace for you, no matter what it is that you've been through. Yes, maybe you've gotten hurt through a relationship. There was some pain, but there was so much more grace. And now you can walk by faith, not fear, because you've already seen that God will sustain you. See, you're a walking, breathing, living testimony of what God's grace can do for someone. Because you're still here. Because no matter how hard the enemy came against you last year, now you can walk forward into 2020 and say, you know what? I don't know what you've got for me, enemy. 
And it's probably going to be pretty bad, but I know that you can't destroy me. I know that you can't tear me down. I know that ultimately God's grace is sufficient for me. So I walk into 2020 with complete faith, knowing that the one who will lead me to it will lead me through it. And so we walk into 2020 in in faith, not in fear. And the second thing that we see here in the scripture is that first we saw that God has prepared us. He's prepared us. We didn't know he was preparing us. We didn't like it, but now we can see God's prepared us. He's prepared us to go through these things. He's prepared us to go, for what, to go through what we're going to go through in 2020. Because it's going to happen, but see, I don't have to fear anymore. And then he's not only prepared us, but God has equipped us. The second thing we need to know this year to have my no fear year is God has equipped us. 2 Corinthians 5, 5 through 6. It says, God himself has prepared us for this. See, he prepared us. And then the second part is, and as a guarantee, as a guarantee, as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. As a guarantee, he's ensured that you will not be alone, that you are not going to go through anything this year, that he will not be right there beside you. That you never have to face any of the trials, any of the struggles, anything that happens, any of the financial difficulties, anything that happens with your children, any sickness, any financial problems. You don't have to go through it alone. He has ensured, first, he prepared you for it, and then second, as a guarantee to make sure that you come out the other side, he's given you his Holy Spirit. He's given you his Holy Spirit who is our comforter, who is our strength, who is that one that walks beside us. And then verse 6, he says, so we are always, so we are always confident. Somebody say always. We are always confident, not sometimes. Not we're confident when we can see. Not we're confident when I know what's going to happen. We're confident when somebody else says. We're confident when we have this amount in our checking account and that amount in our savings account. We're confident when we have a brand new car. Not we're confident. We are always confident. We are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. See, it's kind of like this, if you can imagine just for a second, and uh, very quickly, um, you can imagine, imagine going to, one of my favorite places to go right now is uh, to this little place down the road um, called uh, Disney World. You guys heard of it? You've heard. Uh, you're familiar, at least. Um, and I like to go uh, to Disney World, to the different parks, but there, there are times when I do not like going to the parks. And that's when everybody else wants to go to the parks. I want to find the time when nobody wants to go to the park and then I go to the park. But there have been times when we've gone to the Magic Kingdom and the Magic Kingdom was not so magical because everybody else wanted to go to the park and they ruined my magic. You ever been there? You know what I'm saying? So imagine going to the Magic Kingdom on one of the busier days of the year and going through the Magic Kingdom and you have to walk through the Magic Kingdom, but you are blindfolded. Think about that for a second. You're blindfolded, and so you're trying to make your way through this crowd and, and through uh, everybody, and you want to get to the different attractions and everything, but you're walking through blindfolded through this crowd. See, that's kind of like how we are in life a lot of times when we don't engage the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
See, we're walking through this life. We're walking through these trials and tribulations. We're walking through what's going on in this crowded space. And there's so much things crowding around us. And life is crowding around us. And we've got pressures on every single side that just want to box us in. And there's things that that are there for us to trip over. And there are things that we're not seeing. And there are people and lots of noise and shouting and, and all of this stuff going on. Meanwhile, we're trying to make our way in the darkness. See, but Paul is saying here that, see, the Holy Spirit is like that one that you connect with, like that, that guide that you have. Now, imagine doing that, but yet you've got somebody who you can grab onto their shoulders, and they can see what's ahead. You can't see, but they can see what's ahead, and they lead you through the crowd. See, you can make it anywhere that you want to go. See, you don't have to worry about what anybody else is saying. You can block out all of the noise. You can block out all of the confusion. You can block out all of the difficulty. You can block out all of the stress because you know as long as you stay connected to that one who is leading you that you'll make it to where you want to go. See, that's what he's saying right there. See, as long as we stay connected to the Holy Spirit, as long as we stay connected to God, as long as we stay connected to that one voice leading us and guiding us, we don't have to fear anything else. We don't have to walk through a crowd. We don't have to walk through this life alone. We don't have to walk through this life in fear. We can have faith that the one that's leading us will lead us into good places, that God will lead us into to, to places that uh, are leads you to. God will lead you through. See, he's not trying to just get you to a certain place and leave you there and say, okay, you handle this by yourself and let's see how you do. See, he's given you his Holy Spirit so that you can use the Holy Spirit, so that you can use him as a guide to lead you through the process that, yeah, this is scary, but if I listen to the Holy Spirit and I make the decisions based on what he's telling me, based on what he's leading me to do, if God says, yeah, I want you to lead a small group and, and uh, I'm a little bit scared, but okay, God, I'm going to do it. If you'll just speak to me, yeah, I don't, when somebody asks a question, I don't know if I'm going to have the answers, but in that moment, God, if you'll just give me what to say, if you'll give me something that'll bring them peace, if you'll give me something in a direction to point them in, then I'll do it, Lord. I will make myself available. And that's really all he's asking us to do. See, we can walk by faith. We don't have to fear the unknown because we walk with the one who knows. And he's not going to lead us somewhere that ends in destruction. See, sometimes he's leading us and, and we don't understand and something happens. And, and what we thought, man, we thought we were so clear on the decision that we were making. We thought, man, this was God's uh, intervention and he's, he's leading us to this place. And, and sometimes all of a sudden, Something happens. The wheels fall off, man. You ever been in that place? Or man, I thought I knew everything that was about to happen. I thought I knew how it was going to go. God, I thought I knew we were just going to have so much success. We were going to go right out the gate, and it was going to be awesome. And then the next thing you know, you, you trip and fall flat on your face. And you're looking around saying, God, what happened? God, what happened? See, what very often happens is we take ourselves off of the, the connection that we have with God. See, what happens a lot of times is we begin to take our eyes off of the one that was leading us in the first place. We disconnect from the Holy Spirit. We disconnect from God's leading and God's plan for our life. See, we begin to look at our finances. We begin to say, oh, well, you know, it's a little tight this month, so I'm not going to give. I'm not going to pay my tithes. And, and then we wonder why we get in financial difficulty because we, we've now put curse on ourselves instead of blessing on ourselves because we've disobeyed his commands. We don't connect we don't connect with our relationship through him when we stop listening, we stop engaging in prayer and we stop engaging in God's word and, and no longer are we listening to scripture but now we're starting to listen to the crowd. No longer are we engaging in serving and helping others and, and being like Christ and, and looking out for others but now we've, we've looked more inwardly now and we've disconnected and we begin to take our eyes off of, 
off of him and we begin to take our eyes, put our eyes back on what we see. And of course, we can only see a few feet in front of us at a time. And so no wonder we're going to trip, we're going to fall, we're going to stumble. You see, God is saying, but Philippians 1, 6 says this. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, God wants to finish the work with you. Maybe you're in this place and, and that's you and you've taken your eyes off and you've disconnected a little bit. But God's saying, listen, man, just reconnect. I want to finish what we started together. I want to lead you. Just reconnect. Just get back into a daily routine of, of, of prayer and, and reading the word. Reconnect. Reconnect through serving. Reconnect through our giving. Because, see, we walk by faith. It's an action, and so walking implies an action. And so when we walk in this life, there's some doing things. And so we have, to, we have to provide action to our faith. God's saying, walk by faith. Walk in my word. Walk in my relationship. Walk in serving. Walk in giving so that no matter what, we can always be confident with no fear. If the musicians would come, I'm going to close. And see, the results is this. See, you can go into 2020, you can go into 2020 knowing that this is your no fear year. Are you going to go into 2020 knowing that, that nothing bad is going to happen? No. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm not trying to sell you that. I'm not trying to sell this, uh, this hyper uh, grace, God's you know, hyper blessing that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. In fact, Jesus said, in this life, you will have troubles. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In this life, you're going to go through some problems, but don't worry about it. I've already worked it all out. Stay connected with me. You ride with me. You roll with me, and we're all going to be okay. Amen? See, when we walk by faith, we can walk by faith, not by fear this year, knowing that whatever it is that God has got for us, man, I, I, we can walk into 2020 and say, God, I want everything that you got for me. No matter how scary it is, no matter if, it's, if it takes me out of my comfort zone, no matter what it is, God, I want that in my life. And I want to walk with you this year. I don't want to be afraid anymore. I want all of the blessings, all of the success, everything that you have for me. See, I'll promise you this. It's, it's not going to be easy. And it definitely it definitely won't look like what you thought it would. See, I've learned in my years, and especially more recently, the cool thing about all of this is I've learned that I have had so much, I've learned so much more in the unknown things. And the unknown things have been the things that have been so much better. As I look back over the years and I look back over 2019, it's not the things that I knew and I saw coming ahead of time that I look back and say, wow. It's those things that I never saw. I never thought God would. I never knew God would use me in this way. As I stepped out, I didn't know when we launched this church, and it's been almost a year. In fact, in a couple weeks on January 26th, we'll celebrate our one-year birthday, amen? I didn't know a year ago if we would still, this year, I didn't know, amen? Yeah, give him praise. I, it's not like God told me, yes, in a year, you'll still be in existence. Everything will be good. That there will be people in the chairs. Listen, this is no guarantee, right? Churches close all the time. But see, it's the unknown things that I can look back and say, God, wow. If I had been too scared, if I had been too scared to walk and, and to walk into what you've called me to do, look what you've done. See, it's the unknown things that have blessed me more than anything I could have ever seen. 
And God will lead you into places you never thought possible. In 2018, I remember at the beginning of 2018, as Jessica and I knew that some things were changing in ministry and, and even going back to when I first launched in ministry uh, 13 years ago, it was such a leap of faith. I felt like the least qualified person. I'm telling you, if you knew me back then and if you had conversations, I would tell Jessica routinely, I have no clue why God is telling me to do this. I am the last person that should be in ministry. I have no temperament for it. And I barely like people. That's changed. <laughs> I like most people. <laughs> Except for Patriot fans. Today's a good day. <laughs> Just saying. But back in 2018, God was changing some things. And, and I remember God beginning to, to speak into Jessica and I's heart. And, and he had to speak to both of us because I wouldn't have got it by myself. I'm going to be honest. And he began to say, you're going to plant a church. And I was going to say, what? Like one of those moments like, no, God, that's not, that's not me. And I remember saying, I would actively tell people, I could never start a church. I could never plant a church. I could never take over something that wasn't there. I have to have something that's already pre-made, pre-done, and then I can run it because I'm really good at business, and that's my talent. And I, I like to walk by my talents. I like to walk by what I know I'm good at. God said, no, no, no. See, I don't get glory if, if you walk in what you're good at. I get, I get glory in my strength. My strength is revealed in your weakness. So I'm going to put you in places where you are insufficient so that you have to rely on me for your sufficiency. Thank God. Thank God. Because in that, I've grown. And in that, he birthed in us this desire. And, and through him, I had no clue that this could ever be achieved. And so he is the only one that could ever get the glory. But I never thought it was possible. And now there is a thriving, life-giving church in Winter Garden because, because I was able to walk out and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen. This could all fall apart, but it's all going to be on you either way. And then last year, we launched... And who knows what's going to happen. But can I tell you, this year, this year, this year, over 50 people have come to know Jesus Christ right here at Found Life Church. Will somebody just celebrate that just a little bit? Can somebody just say, praise God? Because we walk by faith, not by fear, not by what I can see, not by what is known. And it's not been easy. But I can go into 2020 and I can know that I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who, who's going to be with. I know that I, who I want leading me. See, everything changes when you surrender to, to him, when he's the one leading you. And we stop trying to do everything ourselves. We can go into this year with no fear. That no matter what happens, we're going to be pressed. I ain't going to be crushed. I'm going to be knocked down, but I ain't going to be destroyed. I'm still going to be standing. I'm going to be, in fact, I'm going to stand here at the end of 2020 and I'm going to testify of every single thing, every affliction, but every amount and every measure of grace that God has given me this year. I'm going to charge into this year ready. I'm going to charge into this year knowing I'm going to go through some stuff, but knowing that he will never fail me. That he will never leave me, that he will never forsake me. I'm preparing like never before for what? I don't know. I'm walking into new places and I'm trusting that he's going to lead me into even better places. And for some, this doesn't make sense. In fact, if you continue on there in verse 16, of 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 17, Paul said it like this. Paul just called it out and said, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. 
See, no longer are we thinking with, with our human mind. We're no longer thinking with our human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. See, no matter what happened in the past, no matter how you failed in the past, no matter your fears in the past, no matter what you have been afraid of, what God has called you to and you've missed out on, there is still hope for you because in Christ you are a new creation. The old life has passed and you can have a new life today in him. So you just need to reconnect. You just need to reconnect. That ministry is still there. That opportunity is still there. If it's not still there, then he's got more opportunities for you this year than you could ever think or imagine. He wants to use you in ways you never thought possible. If you'll just reconnect. If you'll reconnect with him, reconnect with his word, reconnect in relationship, in serving and giving. We're going to talk about that some more over the next couple weeks, and I hope you come back to hear what God, how we can reconnect. And this year can be our no fear year, but maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ. You have no clue what I'm talking about. You've never, you've only lived your life in fear. And you're hearing this for the first time and you, you have no clue, but I'm here to tell you this morning, all of your fears, all of your past, everything, it's not that it, it never happened, but it's that now you have a hope for the future. See, what I know and love about God is that he will use those mistakes of your past. He never wastes a pain. He never wastes a hurt. He never wastes anything that you've gone through. He just provides grace and moves forward. And so that one day you can help somebody else to go through that, the dark times of other people's lives. And you say, you know what? I was pressed, but I was not crushed. I was persecuted, but I was never abandoned. I was never alone. See, he wants to be that for you this morning. Bible calls Christ the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He wants to go through everything in 2020. He wants to go through it with you. He wants to lead you into places you never thought possible. Paul says that if you want to accept him in Romans, he says that it's so simple. If you would just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you too can be saved. You don't have to have and know all the answers. You don't have to have an education in it. You don't, you don't have to have a, a doctorate in theology. You don't have to know the secret handshake. You just have to confess and say, Christ Jesus, I believe that you are God's son, that you came, that you died for me, that you rose again, and that one day you're coming back. Would you live in my heart and change me? I want to be a new creation this morning. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, just nobody, everybody still for just a moment. I just want to take this moment. This can be a new year for you. You don't have to live with the weight of your past, but you can live in the light of a hope for your future this morning. We just want to pray for you. And if you would just pray with me, dear, dear Lord, dear Jesus, we pray this morning. God, we don't know everything. We don't know all of what's going on, but we know that we need you. We know that we need you in our lives every day. God, I want to make changes in my life. And it starts with believing in your son, Jesus, that you died on a cross for my sins, for my mistakes, for my afflictions, for my pain, that you love me so much that you are willing to die for me so that I could have direct access. God, so that I don't have to live in, in death, but I can live in life so that I can have a hope for the future, so that I don't have to go through this life alone, but through 
everything, I could have someone who sticks closer than a brother. God, come into my heart this morning. Change me. Make me new. God, and I commit that not, I won't always get it right. I may not always get everything perfect. I, I might make mistakes, God, but I promise that I'll keep coming back to you. And I'll keep reconnecting with you. I'll keep reconnecting with your word. I'll keep reconnecting with your scripture. I'll keep reconnecting with your church and with accountability and with, with your son, Jesus Christ. I ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen, amen. If this morning, if you, if you prayed that prayer, maybe it was the first time you ever prayed, or maybe it was the first time in a long time that you prayed that, and you've recommitted and rededicated your life, don't do life alone. Don't go through this alone. We want to go through this with you. We want to help you. We have resources that we want to put in your hands. We want to be that help and, and come alongside you in that church, uh, church body and family of friends and, that helps you get through this. Please, please, please. And we ask you to see us after church at our Connect table. We've got some resources that we want to put in your hands. But still, there's others of you here. There's others of you here that, that maybe you've walked in fear for a long time. And you know that God has called you to do something. You know that there's been opportunities in your life. There's been ministry in your life. There's been things that God wants you to do that you've just been too afraid. You've been too afraid to step out. God is saying, this is your year. I want to do this with you. Maybe he's called you to lead a group. Maybe he's called you to get involved with the dream team to serve. And maybe he's called you to be a part of children's ministry. And you have that heart. And you've just been too scared because I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. What if it takes more of my time? And, and what, if, what if I don't do it right? Maybe he's called you to invite someone to church. Maybe he's called you to share your faith and you've just been too scared. See, he wants you to reconnect this morning. You don't have to live in the fear of the unknown. You can start today saying, this is my no fear year. This is my no fear. This can be the greatest year of your life. You can see God do things through you that you never thought possible if we walk by faith and not by sight. I wanna pray for you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we worship you and we thank you. God, I just pray that right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit in this moment would touch the hearts of those in this room, God. Those who you've called, those who, God, you've given them uh, vision and ministry. And God, you know that, they, that you've called them to use their gifts and their talents for you. But for one reason or another, God, we've been too afraid. We've been too fearful to step out, but no more. God, I pray right now we break the spirit of fear in this place. And we declare freedom in this place. Freedom to serve you. Freedom to step into the light of your calling. Freedom to do what you've called us to do. God, I pray right now. God, that you would break the chains of fear that bind us and that we can go into this year like never before, proclaiming, not walking in fear, but proclaiming that we walk in the faith of you, of your son, Jesus Christ. In your heavenly and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Would you just give him?